You know the vibes. We are back. The Hoop Genius Podcast. Brought to you by NBA 2K23. Paul and BJ Armstrong back at you. We took a little break. BJ, how you doing? Come on, man. I don't know, Mo, how I've been. I haven't been talking to you. You've been out and about. <laughs> you moving and grooving, relaxing uh, and relaxing, shaking uh, and baking. So I just been sitting here watching games with nobody to talk to, Mo. My, uh, my kids I are apologize. busy. My, 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 my wife won't talk to me. She said, "Why don't you go talk to Mo?" So I said, "Well, Mo's busy right now." <laughs> uh, man, listen, so, listen. I'm, I'm gonna tell you guys the truth. I'm gonna tell you guys the truth. I'm, I, I miss talking to you. I miss giving this podcast to the listeners. The truth is. I haven't taken any time off ever since the last time I took any time off was 2014. So um, I actually took four days off, five days off or whatever it was. Um, a lot of my friends, a lot of my close friends, associates, advisors have been telling me, Mo, you've got to take some time, you know, to you're going hard right now. But if you take a little break, you'll be able to go even harder when you come back. So we're back now. We're going even harder. We had a bunch of people apply to work with us as we're expanding the team so that's excited the show's gonna get better the show's gonna get bigger but while i was away bj while i was away lots of things happened in the nba now you know i was trying to take a break from the screens my eyesight you know give give my brain a little rest but i couldn't stay away you know if the Mm. Celtics and the legs are playing i gotta check in but you Mm. know so i I was watching the games i'm catching up on them the next day so i didn't watch it live but i woke up and the whole Twitter timeline is blown up. And I see this video of LeBron James crouched over on the floor as if a devastating act has occurred at the TD Garden. And I'm thinking, oh, God, has someone got seriously injured? Has there been an incident with the fans? What's happened? Why is everyone so upset? And it turns out that the Lakers simply had to play overtime. And that <laughs> caused such an outburst, such an atrocity. For the Lakers. Now, don't get me wrong. I watched it. I watched it back. And the final possession, if you guys haven't seen, the game is tied at 105-105. And LeBron James goes in for a layup. And Jason Tatum does clearly foul LeBron. You know, it's LeBron's about to score a layup. Let me foul him to make him earn it at the free throw line. And we'll see what happens. The referee, however, doesn't see this, or they say they don't see this, and the game goes to overtime. As that happens, you know, LeBron is screaming, jumping up and down, screaming at the ref, saying I got fouled, I got fouled. Patrick Beverly got the funniest technical foul I've ever seen in my life. When we're talking about <laughs> funny technical fouls, here's my funniest ones. Tim Duncan getting ejected for laughing on the bench by Joe Crawford. Rashid Wallace getting a technical foul for staring at the referee. And Patrick Beverly going into the crowd, picking up a DSLR camera from a photographer to show the referee evidence of LeBron being fouled. And he got teed up. That was hilarious. But the Lakers fan base got me really mad. The Lakers fan base got me really mad because I came onto the timeline and the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers fans, are acting as if there is a conspiracy against them in the NBA. The Lakers, arguably the most popular franchise in the NBA, led by the most popular player of a generation, maybe the most popular player we've seen since Kobe Bryant or even Michael Jordan, and they think there's a conspiracy against them? Didn't sit right with me, BJ. Didn't sit right with me. What was your reaction watching that Celtics and Lakers ending? Well, Mo, for our listeners and you, my 
my dad, my father, is a referee. Mm -hmm. So I'm really biased towards the referees. Okay. They're going to make mistakes. I would see when my my dad, who took refereeing very serious, right? He refereed high school and and you know, he refereed high level, you know, the top players in high school who went on to play pros, you know, Derek Coleman, Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, all those guys. The legendary in the Detroit area. Yeah, in the Detroit area, all those guys, you know, who played professional basketball. He refereed all those guys. And when he would miss a call, he was so disturbed, you know? Yeah. He he would he would get so upset. And he would be very upset. And I just, as a matter of fact, I just got done talking to him about that missed call. He was like, you know what? I had to learn as a young official that we're going to make mistakes too. He was like, you know, the, the referees, we get 99 out of a hundred, right. But that one call, everyone's going to talk about. Mm -hmm. He was like, mm -hmm. that's, that's what makes this a beautiful game. You know, players make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. Well, it's only, except it's only, you know, the referees are human. They're going to make a mistake. Okay. Let's say they got every other call right except that call. That's pretty good. There that's were pretty good now. Ones, but I hear it. Yeah. That's part of the game. So, you know, I, you win some, you lose some, and you move on. That's how I am. You know, I, yeah. I learned this very early on in my professional career. You got a choice to make. Either you're going to be the most aggressive player on the floor or you're going to be the victim on the floor. Mm -hmm. But you can't be both. So I made a decision after the first day of practice that if I'm the most aggressive player on the floor, <laughs> that I will get my fair share of calls. Yeah. <laughs> and when I did get the call, because I was the most aggressive, I was going to get the benefit of the call, whether it it was for me or it gets me. And that's how I looked at it. So that's how it is. It, it, refs are going to make mistakes. Sometimes you get the call. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. But it all shakes out. So that's where and I Every at. team has bad calls against them. But the, the thing with this that got me so annoyed is they didn't miss the call and you've now lost the game. They've missed the call, but now you have overtime. You can still win the game. There's five more minutes of basketball to play. You can go out there. And you can win the game. You can't blame that loss on the referee because there was still overtime. If that was the basket that made you lose the game, then I get it. But the Lakers fans, I know there have been some really bad calls against them. The Russell Westbrook well, well, play where Joel was this holding his arm. That was a bad call this as well. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, can I say this? Can I say this? Here's one thing that I have come to understand about refereeing. You mm -hmm. always, if given a choice, you want to allow the players to determine the outcome of the game. Mm -hmm. If it comes to losing or winning a game with a non-whistle, then I'm like, whoa. But from the standpoint, Mo, like, okay, let the players determine it. Mm -hmm. It could have easily been a foul. It, 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 it was a foul. It, it was, was a foul. foul. I'm a Celtics fan, but it, it was, was a foul. foul. It was a foul. However... Hey, you let the players determine it. You know what I mean? You let the player. That's it's kind of one of those unwritten rules. Now, if you're on defense, I don't like it. one thing I don't like is when when players 
when referees call fouls at the end of the game, touch fouls at the end of the game. Why? Because the game, it's like, let me determine what's going to happen here. A foul is a foul, however. But truthfully speaking, you can call a foul on every play in an NBA game. Truth, if you want to be, you want to just talk about, if you want to just say a foul. So the players were determined. They had overtime. And that night, the Boston Celtics won. They did indeed. And um, like I was saying, though, the, the Lakers have been on the wrong end of some bad calls. The the one that springs to mind is in Philly, where Embiid held on to Russell Westbrook's arm when Russ was trying to get the shot off at the end. And there was a game against the Kings, I believe, and there was another example as well. However, if you go through the last two-minute reports of the NBA game, so when there is a close game in the NBA, if you guys don't know, mm-hmm. the referees mm-hmm. produce a last two-minute report where they go through every single possession, every single call that was made, and they review it. And the Lake, uh, the referees actually put out an apology saying they made the mistake on this call against the Lakers, against the Celtics. Right. And they said that they're going to have sleepless nights, etc. I've never seen them apologize like that for any other team, but they did put out an apology. But Ben Roback, okay, someone has actually gone and reviewed, they have reviewed the last two-minute reports of all the games so far this season. And for the Los Angeles Lakers, there have been 34 incorrect calls or non-calls in the final two minutes of their 19 close games this season. BJ, in those 19 close games, out of the 34 incorrect or missed calls, how many went in favor of the Lakers, do you think? I have no idea, but please tell I'll, I'll tell you. 19 of them, not 19, 21 of them have gone in favor of the Lakers. So 21 of the 34 incorrect or missed calls have gone in favor of the Lakers. So for all of the fans out there, all the Laker fans who are complaining, saying the referees are out to get us, they don't want us to win. The Lakers have had the decisions go in their favor over 60% of the, the time. Majority of the, the majority yeah. of the time. That's 21 of the April calls. In the NBA, the most favorable calls in the final two minutes of these close games, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Warriors get the most favorable whistle according to the facts of the last two-minute reports from the referees. That's my, the team, that's my whole idea. The team that gets the least favorable whistle, okay, in their 22 last-minute reports of 36 calls that have been incorrect or missed calls, only 13 have got in favor of the Sacramento Kings. And it's ironic because the Lakers want to complain about referees in a regular season game. We'll talk about the referees in those 2002 playoffs if we want to talk about that and the Sacramento Kings. But that's a whole nother conversation. So Lakers fans, the reason why you think the referees are out to get you, it baffles me. It really does baffle me because... If the Lakers miss the playoffs or miss the play-in, they're all going to come back and say, oh, well, Jason Tatum fouled LeBron, and that's why we missed them. No, you have missed the playoffs if you missed them because you have a poorly constructed roster. However, to their credit, BJ. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm just tired of excuses, uh, especially from the most favored team you know, in the league. Well, I, I don't normally read my timeline stuff. Well, there was something that was really funny to me. There was something that was really funny. Okay. To me. Okay. Someone, someone texted you and I and said, Is this a blended brand of basketball? 
Oh, they're talking about Luca the other night. Okay, <laughs> and that made me laugh so hard. I, I just wanted, I wanted to shout that out. That Shout's was Harry. Really... I think it was Harry Bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it yeah, when Luca really... dropped fifty three and his teammates barely touched the ball. And no, then, no, we're not going to talk about the Mavericks right now. I want to stay no, on the no, Lakers. Luca, yeah, yeah. I, no, we I talk about the Mavericks. We'll talk about Luca sure tomorrow or another day because okay. <laughs> that's a whole nother wormhole. And if you're a regular <laughs> listener of the show, you know BJ's thoughts on Luca and the Mavericks and the blended <laughs> brand of basketball they need to be playing. But I want to stay with the Lakers because I do want to stay okay. with the Lakers because I said <laughs> a few weeks ago that I believe they're going to make it to the playoffs. And they actually okay. made a move. They made a trade, which I think okay. was a fantastic trade. They traded okay. for Rui Hachimura. So okay. Rui Hachimura was a lottery pick, came into the Washington Wizards, and uh, things didn't go too well for him in Washington. It was kind of hard for him to find a role. And the Wizards, they want to find more minutes for Denny Avdia, and they want to try and pay Carl Kuzma, even though they really should be trading Carl Kuzma, um, you know, before the trade deadline. Since he's kind of made it adamant he doesn't want to stay there. But they did make a trade, and they went and got Rui Hachimura from the Washington Wizards in exchange for Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks. I think this is a fantastic trade because Kendrick Nunn wasn't really adding much to their team. Rui Hachimura now gives you a really big... When you get healthy, you have LeBron, AD, and Rui. That's a big-bodied front line. That's some physical, solid players that can hold it down on the defensive end. Rui can do some things on the offensive side of the ball. He's not the most polished player, but he can create with the ball in his hands. He, he can provide a little bit of offense when the offense slows down and LeBron's getting a rest out of the game, things like that. What are your thoughts on this trade for the Los Angeles Lakers? Because I believe he's played pretty well. He's averaging double-digit points. I think it's 11.3 points and 4.7 rebounds in the three first games he played. I think he started one of the first three games he played with the Lakers. What are your thoughts on this move for Los Angeles? Well, um, I, I think it's to be determined what this trade is going to be and, and and how it's going to pan out and reason being is i'm not really sure what to think about this trade because of the following you know we have anthony davis who's been out you know lebron is playing a lot of minutes and he seems to have settled in as a power forward slash small ball five mm-hmm. you know rory from what I can tell, from what I can see, just based on what I saw in in Houston, in, Houston, in Washington, he, is he looks to be like a more of a 3-4 yep. type of player. Okay. Uh, this league is about, you know, there's a premium on a certain player, wing players who can defend, twos and threes and those type of athletes, okay? And I'm waiting to see if that is – Rui, what is he going to settle into a guy who can defend those twos, threes, and those type of players? Okay, now his on-ball defense looks pretty solid. His off-ball defense yeah. needs to work, but I guess now, it's a case of settling in with a new team. Well, yeah, you got to settle in. You got to figure out their scheme, so forth. Now, you know, I just, you know, and it's unfortunate, right? When I say unfortunate, you 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 can't look at a team or look at a player when you play against the Boston Celtics. But those are the, when I see you, if I want to know if you can defend or not, I start looking at you versus the best teams. I start looking at you versus <laughs> Jason Tatum and Jalen The Brown. number one team in the NBA. Okay. Now, you know, and, and I was looking at those matchups and so forth and so on. Now, do I think it's a, 
a significant upgrade? Absolutely. I think this is an upgrade for them. However, you know, I don't know how this is going to settle because I don't know what you're going to do with Anthony Davis. I don't know. Is he just going to be a five? LeBron James was playing probably the best basketball, you know, especially all year when he was playing the five. Okay. He was, let's, let's be, we got to tell it like we see it. I don't know if that's where he's going to settle in eventually, but he was playing small ball five. So does that put Rui at the four? Now, I don't know what this is going to mean. So, and the reason I'm saying this is because they've been playing these small guards, Schroeder, mm -hmm. Patrick Beverly, and Russell Westbrook. Rui, LeBron, AD. By my count, that's six guys. And they got Lonnie Walker okay? coming back. Lonnie Walker's coming back. Uh, what's the other kid? Um, Troy Brown Jr. All these guys. They got all these guys that come back. So I'm going to wait and see how this shakes out. However, I do like Rui. I think he's a good NBA player. And I just want to see how this is all going to fit. I just don't know how it's going to fit. And the reason being is because they haven't been healthy. So, yeah. uh, but I, I'm not I'm not going to put too much stock in it because I'm not sure where LeBron is going to settle. Okay. I'm not sure if Anthony Davis is going to be, you know, available for the rest of the season. I mean, what, they got like 50 games already, right? Yeah. And... So we'll see how it happens, but I do like the the talent upgrade. I think when it gets, I, we'll see where he's going to play. When it gets to the playoffs, they like to put AD at that five, LeBron at the four, and I'll have Rui at three. But from a business perspective, this trade is already a win. The Lakers are one of the most popular teams in Japan, which is where Rui Hachimura is from. And so Rui Hachimura playing for the Lakers was in fact so popular that his first game, the streaming service which broadcasts NBA games in Japan, crashed because so many people were trying to watch Rui's first game as a Laker. So expanding your franchise into yeah, that market, absolutely huge. We know the NBA is making a big push into Japan. They had the right. Japan games recently, where they had the Warriors, in fact, going over there and playing. Mm -hmm. So from a business perspective, that's a dub. They, in fact, had a 10-minute press conference right. where all of the questions were asked in Japanese and Rui answered them in Japanese, which... It's not very common in the NBA, given that there's so many international players. I didn't see them do right. a press conference for Giannis or a German press conference for Dennis Schroeder on the Lakers. But, you know, from a business perspective, that's fantastic. Do you see more moves on the horizon for the Lakers? Do you think the, the question that everyone has is, are they going to trade that 2027 and 2029 first round picks? You know, Mo, I, I've been talking to quite a few executives over the last few days and and there seems to be an overwhelming thought process that everyone is kind of bunched up, you know, from five to eight, you know, like. Yeah, there's not a lot in the standings. There's, yeah, there's yeah, a few games every, separating. Everybody, everyone, there's, everyone's kind of bunched up, right? You know, Boston is kind of separating themselves. Denver is separating themselves. You know, maybe Memphis you know, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, but everyone else is just bunched up. So now that means, Mo, if you do make a move and that move doesn't work, okay, that could, you know, that may not look good. Yeah. So between, I think most, go ahead. Between the third seed and the 10th seed in the West, only three and a half games separate them. Yeah, so I'm saying. I So I think because of that, most of the executives think 
there are not going to be a lot of moves. That oh. that's the that, that's what most people are thinking. However, you know, Mo, I mean, who knows? But I would think, Mo, when you're only two games out, you're a two-game winning streak from being to the third or fourth seed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you could be in the you, you could be the Lakers, they go on a five-game winning streak, and they're in the Fourth place, you know what oh, I mean. Well, the lakes are down in thirteenth. They're a, yeah. <laughs> they're a little bit behind, but you know. Yeah, but I mean, but 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 I think that it's just so much room. There, everyone's bunched up. So I I think people are going to be, I think, a, be a little cautious. Um, but I do think the top teams. I think your Celtics, I think the Milwaukee Bucks, I think those guys will be active. I really think those type of teams. I think Memphis may be active. I I heard a rumor that Memphis, given their surplus of for, uh, draft picks that they've got and the salary of Danny Green, are in the market for one OG Ananobi in Toronto. And if they get OG to go along with Jar, Bain, Brooks, Jaron Jackson, Jude, that's a defensive unit. Except for maybe Jar. I but think he would, he he would be he would I think be he amazing. would be good. It'd be but, interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what Toronto does. Yep. It is going to be interesting to see what Phoenix does because I think the Phoenix Suns will trade John, uh, Jay Crowder. Yes, because this this brings it up nicely. Rui Hachimura was actually in talks of going to Phoenix. The deal was supposed to be Rui Hachimura goes to Phoenix, then Jay Crowder goes to Milwaukee, and Milwaukee sent draft compensation to the Washington Wizards. And that was before the Lakers entered the picture. But now the latest reports on the package that the Milwaukee Bucks are trying to send for Jay Crowder is Jordan Nora, George Hill, Serge Ibaka, and a second round pick for Jay Crowder. Now the Suns all season long were saying they want young players and they want the first round picks for Jay Crowder, but they don't have much leverage. This is a guy that's not played for them all year. This is a guy that clearly is going to leave in free agency because they don't want to pay him. They don't really have the leverage. I think they're going to try and wait till the very end of the trade window if they can't get a deal done soon, because that's when they have a little bit of leverage, because I think that the Milwaukee Bucks definitely do need to make an upgrade because their roster's is Giannis is as great as ever. And I think he can play even better when it comes to the playoffs. But you saw what happened when they added PJ Tucker to that squad and then they went on their championship run. I believe that this Jay Crowder move will be something similar. So I think that's mm -hmm. that. But it's just a question of if anyone else could get in with a better offer, if any of the other so-called contending teams could get in there and offer something a bit better than the package that the Bucks can to the Phoenix Suns to perhaps steal Jay Crowder, who can really be a difference maker on a contending team with his defensive intensity and his ability to knock down catch-and-shoot threes. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to keep talking about these trades as the trade deadline approaches, but one other piece of news that happened while we were away was the All-Stars were announced. Well, the starters for the All-Star teams. Did you see them, BJ? Yes, I did. So for the Western Conference, we have Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Zion Williamson, and Nikola Jokic. And for the Eastern Conference, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, when you saw these names, what did you think? Were you happy? Was there anyone missing from that list that you think should have been an all-star starter? Oh, that wasn't every, every year we can go through this, right? Look. Now... I, do I think he's an all-star? Yes, Zion. But he's missed so many games now. Yes, 20-something 20, 20 games he's missed. Okay, now you got to ask yourself, okay, 
availability counts and it matters. I know the fans want to see who they want to see, but he's missed some games. Okay. In the East, you have Giannis. Okay. Check. Kevin Durant. He's hurt right now, but check. <laughs> they've made a, yep. a, they've done a 180. Kyrie. Okay. Well, what are you going to say? He's the fast favorite. Right. Um, you have Donovan Mitchell, right? Um, and yeah, then Jason who else Tatum. Who is it? Jason, Jason Tatum. Tatum. Okay. Like, what are you gonna say? Like, Mo, what are you gonna say? So, like, we, the we, name, we, we, we the name that everyone was was wondering why is missing was Joel Embiid, who leads the NBA in scoring right now. He's averaging 33.6 okay. points per game. Uh, the Philadelphia 76 is a second in the East. They've been on a hot streak, but he didn't make it to the thing. And the question was. You know, the NBA in 2012 got rid of the center position from the All-Star ballot to make it just guards and front court players. Should they get rid of positions entirely? Because out of Giannis, Tatum, Kevin Durant, and Embiid, only three of the four can make it. But really and truly, all four should be starting in the All-Star game. And then one guard, maybe Donovan Mitchell, maybe Kyrie Irving, maybe even Jalen Brown. Okay. The the system isn't perfect. I don't live in a perfect world. So what do you want to do? He's an All-Star. What, what do you want? What do you want to say? We live in a league now where this is what it is. All right. What do you want to say? What, what do you want to say? So here, here, here's here's how I really think about it. And I get really, I'm a little upset about this. It's because we've devalued the center position. Facts. We've devalued it. And now when you but when the playoffs start, we all say the same thing. The game changes in the playoffs. The game is going to slow down. And then we want all these bigs to come and play and and play a brand of basketball that's totally different in which we celebrate for the first 82 games. That's why I had that's why I, I have compassion for these players, in particular these bigs, because these bigs know this. These big we've devalued them to where there's only two players in the entire NBA get post plays. One is named Embiid and the other is named Jokic. And the entire NBA. So in my eyes, he, he is a starter because I've I've just kind of, you know, look, it is what it is. S- sell your positionless basketball, but when the when it's when it gets when it gets time for you know to win, we want Rob Williams to show up, we want Al Horford to show up, we want Joel Embiid to be show up, we want Jokic to show up. I, I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you slightly. Because okay, I don't think it's just the playoffs. I don't think it's just the playoffs. The MVP race last yeah. year was between two centers. The MVP race last year was Embiid versus Jokic. Because so how he's... is the center position not an all-star ballot when the two exactly. most valuable players last year and maybe this year are both centers? Either put so... that back on the ballot or get rid of positions altogether. Brooke Lopez is supposed to be in the all-star game this year. Brooke Lopez is supposed to be in the all-star game this year. Okay, these bigs, because of the way it's marketed now, we're 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 just you know we just you know well everybody wants to see the guards and oh this guy has a crazy you know dunk on the big guy we know we want to see the little guys dunk on the big guys, but these Miles Turners and these guys they deserve the credit because now they are learning how to play in this small ball era. And I'm going to say this now before it happens. These Wimpin Yamas 
And these seven foot guys, because you know my you you yeah, know, know my dream dream. I want to see five seven footers. That's my dream. <laughs> because the best teams are always they have the they have the big players. Okay. The best defensive team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Then you have the Memphis Grizzlies played two bigs. You have your Celtics play two bigs. You you have the, the Milwaukee Bucks play two bigs. The New Orleans Pelicans play two bigs. All of these teams, and we don't we don't say this, but we all know this. The bigs matter. Joel Embiid matters. Jokic, best team out, out, out west, matters. And we need these big guys, but then we want to just, you know, we, we just want to act like they don't matter. Well, Joel Embiid is without question a top five player in the NBA. I don't need now for him to be in an all-star game because we have taken away the center position. We all know what it is. We all know who Joel Embiid is. So Joel Embiid is a elite level player in today's game. And, and, and we know this. But he's a top is, five player. He's a top five player in the game. Uh, screw that being an all-star star. He's a top five player he's in the MVP NBA. Perhaps the MVP. Perhaps, without question, he's one of the Perhaps. top two or three. Okay? Without, he's the top two or three. Him, Giannis, those guys right now, you know, Jokic has been up there. If you ask me today who's in the top, I would say Luka Doncic, in no particular order, Giannis and Joel Embiid are to me, and Jason Tatum. I'm sorry, Jason Tatum, because of what he's done. He's been, the, I think he's been very, very consistent. But those guys are the players now that are in that, cal that, that conversation. So whether or not he's in an all-star starter and all that, come on. It's a, the system is, it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to get caught up. Do in you it. think, you know, speaking of the system not being perfect and just what you mentioned about Zion earlier, there should be like a minimum quota of games played because Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson, they both missed over 20 games each. Who would you have in place of Zion Williamson? If there was a minimum quota, you have to have played 70% of your team's games. Sabonis. 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 You know what? I am really... You know, Mo, and I, you know me. I'm not. I'm not a bandwagon type. I told you last year when that trade happened. I thought that was a win-win trade for both. I, mm -hmm. I really do. Every now and then, you'll see a trade that works for both. I think this was a good trade for Indiana. Halliburton has Halliburton may be coming off. He, 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 he definitely he should hurt. be a reserve. He definitely should be a reserve. Okay. And he he was but third Sabonis, for the media voting. Media vote equates for twenty five percent. Player vote twenty five percent, and fan vote fifty percent. But Halliburton got love from the media. Absolutely. But Sabonis, Sabonis is sure. Sabonis to me, you, you know, I'm all, I'm all, I always like to root for the underdog. Well, I'm rooting for the Sacramento Kings, okay? Mm -hmm. They've gone, what, 16, 17 years now without going in, in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And they are playing a terrific brand of basketball under Coach Brown. Coach Brown has really got this thing running. I mean, offensively, Mo, if you want to get a, if you want to get a tutelage on how to play on the offensive end, just watch how the Sacramento Kings play. They play through through uh, Sabonis, and De'Aaron Fox has been great all mm -hmm. year. They, and so Keegan Murray's if, been fantastic as a rookie. Yeah, if he doesn't play, I think Sabonis should be 
uh, he, I think he, without question, he's an all-star. I think De'Aaron Fox is an all-star this year. Um, but, you know, that's just me. I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for Sabonis, if you ask me who should step into that if Zion is not able to play. I hear it. I definitely do hear it. And if you guys listening to the show want to be all-stars, make sure you subscribe to the show and give us five stars on the podcast. We're back, app. Mo. We're back. Oh. And you know what, Mo? I got all this. I don't know what to do with myself. But welcome oh, back, oh, Welcome oh, back. Oh, oh, BJ. It just gets better and better, doesn't it? We're going to be back <laughs> to regular scheduled programming so you guys don't miss a beat. Make sure that you subscribe YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts from. Share them with a friend. The show's just going to get better and better. We've got a lot of store. We've got a lot planned. So make sure you don't miss a single episode. Subscribe, stay locked in. And most importantly, get buckets.